Good morning and greetings in Jesus' name this morning. It is good to be with you again. And as Dad mentioned, this is our council service and the message will be um, according to that. Before we get started though, we're going to have a brief history lesson focused on astronomy. February 1930, a man named Clyde Tomball. He was a Oklahoma farmhand with a high school education and a love for astronomy and he discovered what was planet Pluto at that time. Now Tom Ball worked for a private observatory in Arizona and the founder of that observatory, Mr. Percival Lowell, had performed calculations, mathematical calculations that predicted the existence of what he called Planet X. Now if you know your planet history, that is how Neptune was found. Neptune is the only planet that was found by mathematical calculations due to the irregularities of Uranus's orbit. Neptune was actually um, contributing to what was we saw there. And so Percival Lowell did those same calculations predicting an additional planet. And so that was what Tom, or sorry, Clyde Tomball was hired to do. For every night, for 10 months, Clyde Tomball would take pictures of the night sky and he would develop these images and then he would compare them one night from the next. Up there you see January 23rd and January 29th. And what he was looking for was a speck of light moving across the pictures because an orbit, a planet orbits the sun, so it moves, stars do not. And as you see there, from about the center of the image, the arrow points to that planet. Now what they found, or what Clyde found, um, when he discovered planet Pluto, was actually the light of two planets, you could say. Planet Pluto and also its moon, Charon. And without getting all scientific on you this morning, Pluto is no longer a planet, sorry. But there's reasons for that. And that's not our point this morning. And we're not going to pour over pictures of the night sky, although that would make my heart very happy. Um, and maybe yours too. So what's the point? Why are we looking at a uh, history of Pluto? What point does that have? I'm going to let you guys hang there, and we'll get back to that. But this morning is our council service. And while, like I mentioned, looking at the picture of the night sky might be entertaining, I don't believe it applies. But there is something that we can learn from that. And Dad did a great job this morning of introducing a council service. What is it? Why are we doing it? It's a looking inward, a self-evaluation, and it's a spiritual health checkup, you could say. How are we doing? Are we doing what we're supposed to do? And so this morning, I want us to see the dangers of comparing ourselves among ourselves. And as a result, we will compare ourselves and look to be approved by Jesus Christ. Title approved by God and the text taken from 2 Corinthians 10, 12 through 18, which you can turn there now. 2 Corinthians 10, verses 12 through 18. This is Paul's response to false apostles in the church and people who are attacking him, who are questioning his validity as an apostle. These verses are Paul's response to these men, and we're going to look at that this morning. 2 Corinthians 10, starting at verse 12, For we dare not make ourselves of the number, or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they, measuring themselves by themselves, and comparing themselves among themselves 
are not wise. But we will not boast of things without our measure, but according to the measure of the rule which God hath distributed to us, a measure to reach even unto you. For we stretch not ourselves beyond our measure, as though we reach not unto you. For we are come as far to you also in preaching the gospel of Christ. Not boasting of things without our measure, that is, of other men's labors, but having hope, when your faith is increased, that we shall be enlarged, and by you according to our rule abundantly, to preach the gospel in the regions beyond you, and not to boast in another man's line of things made ready to our hand. But he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. For not he that commendeth himself is approved, but whom the Lord commendeth. Paul's issuing a warning to the Corinthian church, saying, look, do not number yourselves. Do not associate yourselves. Do not be found among those who compare among themselves, measure themselves by themselves. It's vanity. It's, there's no value there, Paul is saying. Do, it, refu- Paul refuses to stoop to that level. These false apostles, they were in their little group. They were comparing themselves. They are making themselves feel good. And Paul's like, I'm not going there. He refused to go there. Proverbs 26, verse, verse 12. Do you see a man who is wise in his own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for him. And Paul's saying, I refuse. I will not be found among them that compare themselves. These people, these false apostles, they were pleased with themselves. They took pride. You know, look what I've done. Look at the gifts that I have accomplished. These, these are things that you should appreciate me for. They're saying that about themselves. They were commending themselves. What does commend mean? Commend means to approve or to present as worthy. All right? So it's one thing for me to uh, present as worthy another individual. You know, maybe it's Dennis this morning. You know, I, I present Dennis as worthy. He, he should be respected. Or maybe it's a book I read that, you know, I think is worth your time to read. But these men were proving themselves. Hey, you know, look, look at what I have done. I think you guys should listen to me this morning. They're commending themselves. Paul says, do not go there. They were measuring themselves by themselves. They were judging according to any rule. So these people, they were creating a standard lower than what Jesus set forth. They're approving that standard, meeting that standard, and then they're patting themselves on the back and say, well, yeah, look, I've done that. When we all measure things, I mean, if you buy a medal from me, you hope I measure my medal before I sell it to you. That way I'm giving you what you are looking for, what you ask for. And whatever that measurement is, there's measurements that we have. And this group of people here in 2 Corinthians were creating their own measure. And they were finding it, and then they were being happy of themselves. And they were comparing among themselves. They were assessing themselves according to their own peers. And so to wrap it up, these people were presenting themselves as worthy, presenting themselves as respectable. They were looking for their, um, to their peers for their approval. And they were measuring and comparing themselves among themselves. And Paul says, what are they? They are not wise. The ESV uses the term, they are without understanding, would be another way of looking at it. So how do we go about guarding against this? How do we, how do we resist this mindset of comparison? Paul gives us um, ways of doing that. And if you're in 2 Corinthians 10, I'm going to read verse 5, going back in the chapter. Paul says that casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And then in Romans 12, verse 3, Paul again writes, For by the grace given to me, 
I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God had assigned him. So in summary, Paul's saying, reject anything. Reject any thought, reject any intention, reject anything that is contrary to the nature of God himself. If there's anything in your life that's contrary to that, reject it. And that's going to guard against this mentality of comparing among ourselves. And then from Romans 12, Paul says, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. If you have a right thinking of yourself, or thinking correctly, thinking soberly, you're not going to commend yourselves as these people were doing in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 12. Years ago in Manchester, England, there lived a factory worker who had a very, very responsible and important job. It was his job to make the whistle blow at the end of each workday and beginning of each workday. That whistle was operated by a clock, and it was his job to make sure that that clock was correct. And he took his job very seriously, and every day on the way to work, he would walk by a, a clock shop, and in the window of that clock shop was a very expensive and fine clock. And so every morning he'd walk by, he'd stop, and he'd adjust his, his own watch by the watch in the window, and he'd go to his job and adjust the whistle clock by his watch. The owner of the clock shop there noticed this happening every morning. And one morning he asked the man, like, what are you doing? Like, every morning you're here. And the man explained, you know, I work at a factory, I I operate that, that whistle clock, and I'm going to make sure it, that it's correct. And the owner laughed, and he said, all this time, I've been studying that clock to your whistle. If we measure our lives by the lives of others, we're going to have a poor standard. We'll be comparing ourselves among ourselves, and only if we compare ourselves and compare our lives to the life of Jesus Christ will we know how closely we measure up or how far we fall short. What are we comparing ourselves to? What are you setting your clock to? To those around you? Or are you setting it to Jesus Christ? The standard of Christianity that we look for, we can look to others for our standard, and we can quickly make ourselves feel good. You know, we're just good enough to be better than the person beside us, and, you know, then we'll be good. You know, we pat ourselves on the back, and it's like, well, at least I don't do whatever it is, or at least I'm better than so-and-so. And we quickly can make ourselves feel good. And we can gather around ourselves a group of people who think like us, who approve of our lifestyle, approve of the way we think. And we can gain our approval by our peers. Or our standard of Christianity can be where it should be, and that's Jesus Christ. Turn with me to Ephesians 4. We're going to look at this standard of Christianity that is set forth by Jesus Christ. Ephesians 4, verses 11 through 16. You'll quickly see that this is Paul's list of gifts that God has given the church and the people in the church. But there's two times where it talks about the standard of living or the standard of Christianity. So we're going to begin reading at verse 11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for an edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, 
and carried about with every wind of doctrine, but the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body is fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Did you catch the two instances, verse 13 and verse 15? Verse 13, I think, has the, has the idea of knowledge. Right before that, we were talking about the knowledge of the Son of God. So there's this idea that you know, we have this knowledge of Christ. And it's important that we need proper knowledge, proper thinking. It's, it's, inc- it's correct. We need incorrect doctrine. But verse 15 then has the idea that you're growing up into all these things. So all this knowledge that you've accumulated, which is correct, which is proper, we now need to grow up into. It's the application. It's the action part of it. It's the day-to-day living. And we need that every second of every hour, of every day, of every week, of every month. We need to be living out that standard that Jesus set forth. So we're not measuring ourselves among ourselves. We're not measuring ourselves by the standard that we create for ourselves. What are we measured by? Unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That is what the measure we are called to. That's the clock that we're supposed to be set to. The measure of the fullness of Christ. If we look over Jesus Christ and his, his life here on earth, we see the standard was set high. We see it set high in humility, his, his grace, his forgiveness, his prayer, his quiet time, his alone time with the Father, the way he talked and conversed with individuals who came and went throughout his life, his teaching, his preaching, the way he confronted the false teachers and the hypocrites of his day, his patience, his love, his tenderness, and comparing ourselves to anything else besides Jesus Christ is a sure way of making sure that we will not live up to that standard. We need to be measured according to the standard of Jesus Christ that he set forth. We're not called to simply be better than those around us. We're not called to simply be good people. We're called to live like Christ. And yes, by doing that, we're going to avoid bad things. We're going to be good people, but it's more than that. 1 Peter 2 Peter points out that we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and a peculiar people. Why? Why is Jesus, why is God putting that on us? To show forth the praises of Jesus Christ. That is why. And we are called to be so much more than just avoidance of bad things. 1 John 2, verse 5 and 6. But whoso keepeth his word, in him verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know that we are in him. He that saith he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk, even as he walked. If we're going to abide, if we're going to claim the, the title of Christian, we're going to walk as who walked? As John walked? As Christ walked. We're going to follow that standard. Paul writes in Romans eight twenty nine, For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestine to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among his brethren. We're not called to be conformed to the image of Paul. We're called to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. As you compare the image of your life, as you compare the image of Jesus Christ, do they line up? 
Just like Clyde Tomball poured meticulously over those images looking for a change and looking for that planet X, or can we compare ourselves? Is there a match? And if that isn't enough, Peter quotes Leviticus where he says, Be ye holy as I am holy. Not as Peter is holy, but as God is holy. That is what we are called to be. Second Corinthians 10, verse 18 is where I get the title for my sermon. And it's the point that I'm trying to make this morning. For not he that commendeth himself is approved, but whom the Lord commendeth. That's who's approved. We don't approve ourselves by comparing among ourselves, by measuring according to the standards that we create. God doesn't care what you think of yourself. God doesn't care what your friends think of you. For he knows, and we should know, that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? It comes from Jeremiah. And so God's approval of you, God's approval of your life, God's approval of your, you as a person, as a son or daughter of Jesus Christ, is not based off a popularity vote taken among your friends. It's based off of how you measure up to the standard of Jesus Christ. And Jesus, every single day, or most days in his life here on earth, butted heads with the scribes and the Pharisees. And this was his response to them in Matthew 23. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For ye are like unto whitened sepulchres, or tombs, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead man's bones, and of all uncleanness. Even so, ye, are, ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. We are so easily deceived as humans into thinking that we are something that we are not. And we can look for approval among our friends, and instead we're just white in sepulchers because we're comparing outward appearances to outward appearances. And we can appear good to others. You know, we know how to act like a good Christian. We know what a good Mennonite is supposed to do. And so we do those things and we look among ourselves and like, okay, well, I'm... I'm doing these things, so I must be good. And God looks right through that whitened exterior and looks right into the tomb and he says, dead man and bones, you hypocrites. The Lord will judge, for he is perfect, he is just, and he is holy. Paul's response to the fact that God would judge him is recorded in 1 Corinthians 4, Verse 3 and 4 where he says, But with me it is a very small thing that I should be judged of you or of any man's judgments. Yea, I judge not my own self. For I know nothing by myself. Yet am I not hereby justified, but he that judges me is the Lord. Paul's like, I don't judge myself. I don't care what, what your judgment is of me. I, I am judged by God Almighty. He looks past the outward appearance and looks into the heart and he will be the one who will judge properly, correctly, and justly. So going back to 2 Corinthians 10 and, and verse 12, and Paul's um, disapproval of those who compared among themselves, how could Paul do that? How could Paul reject the, the self-exaltation, the, the self-applause, and, and the seeking approval of others? How could he do that? I believe it lies in his position in Christ. 
Paul's value, Paul's identity, was not found in, in the approval of his peers, was not found in what others said about him or of him or, or judged him by, because Paul did not need that. Paul did not need others to approve of him in order for him to appear as a valid apostle of Jesus Christ. Paul found the entirety of his identity in Jesus Christ and in the Lord's approval and the Lord's commendation of his life. So some verses from Paul. From Ephesians 2.10, Paul says, We are his workmanship created where? In Christ Jesus unto good works, with God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Colossians 2, 6 and 7 from chapter 2. As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as ye have been taught and abounding therein with thanksgiving. This is where we receive our identity. It's not found in what others say of us. It's not found in the approval that we may gain or disapproval we may receive from our peers. We are created in Christ. We walk in Christ. We are rooted and built up in Christ. And our approval, our identity, our value does not come from those among us and for what they may tell us. We find that in Jesus Christ. And because of that, we don't need the approval of others. We don't need to measure ourselves among ourselves. We don't need to compare among ourselves. We don't need to create standards that only ourselves can meet or make them low so that we can meet them. Our identity is found in Jesus Christ. So this morning was our council service, as we pointed out. And the point of that is to make sure that we are spiritually ready for communion in two weeks. We want to partake worthily, as Paul writes, that we don't take unworthily. So we look in, we do a spiritual health check on our lives, and, and we ask ourselves some questions of, you know, where are we supposed to be? Are we doing what we're supposed to do? Do our lives and the picture of our lives match up to the picture of Jesus Christ? Do we measure up to the fullness of the stature of Jesus Christ? How do we answer those questions? By what standard do we use to say yes or no or maybe so? How do we do that? Paul makes it crystal clear in 1 Corinthians 2.12 that we are not to compare ourselves among ourselves. We're not to measure ourselves according to the standards set forth by others. We are not to commend ourselves. We are not to praise ourselves to make ourselves appear better than what we are. Because our standard is Jesus Christ himself. That is what we are to measure by. To his perfect measure. His tape measure is always right. His clock is always, always on. There's no Clorox in that water. It is always right. That is our standard that we are to be measured to. And we compare ourselves not to our friends, not to others around us, not to but we compare ourselves with his nature and it's his approval that we seek. Any other comparison, any other measure that we may find is going to leave us short of, of, of the stature of Jesus Christ. And so our identity is found in him. He alone can judge, and he will. And he alone can issue praise. He alone can issue approval because he sees right past the white index to 
He sees right past the front that we put on, the mask that we wear, and he sees the inside. That's what he cares about. And because of that, he can give the thumbs up, approval, or he can say, there's an area of your life that you need to work on. And it's so easy we can become deceived because we just look for approval among ourselves, those who can see the outside, and we can make it appear better than what it really is. So to look forward to communion, don't compare yourself among yourselves. Don't look for your approval or your justification among your friends and say, you know what, I'm doing pretty good. I think, I, I think I'm ready for communion. Measure yourself according to Jesus Christ. Seek to align your life. Seek to align your priorities. Seek to align your will and your heart to his will, to his heart, to his life, to his priorities. And may we all strive for the approval of Jesus Christ who can give it and will give it to each one of us who measure up to the standard of Jesus Christ. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father God, thank you for who you are. Thank you for the stature that we have in Jesus Christ. And Father, it's so easy we find it to, to create a, a new stature, to create a new measure of which we can uh, make ourselves feel good by, by meeting. And we pat ourselves on our back and we say we're doing pretty good. When in reality we're just whitened tombs. Father, may we stop comparing ourselves among ourselves, stop measuring ourselves by our own standards, stop co commending and praising ourselves and present ourselves to you. And may our spiritual clock be set to Jesus Christ. And may the picture of our lives measure up to the picture of Jesus Christ. And Father, if that is the case, then may your name be glorified and may your name be praised. But Father, if there is something in our life that is not matching up, if there's an area of our life that is maybe a drop of Clorox in our water, Father, may you cleanse us. And you will, may we allow you to come in and to make the inside of our life as clean as what the outside may appear to be. And Father, ultimately our glory is to present ourselves faultless before you that we may take worthily of the communion. Father, dismiss us with your peace and your grace, and may we serve you this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Give us all, Eddie.